appreciate you uh, you coming on and have a chat um, with the uh, with my podcast. This is episode thirty six with uh, Rick Hamlin. Wow. Yeah. Am I am I sounding clear, to you, Rick? Yeah. Perfect. That's great. Um, yeah. Look, Rick. Um, funny. We're talking about your your book, Even Silence is Praise, which is due to be released release soon. Is that right? Yeah, it comes out. Pub date is February eighth. Perfect. Oh, sounds good. Um, and you know what? I've been meaning to get someone on to talk about this particular topic, actually, um, because I have my own story of I'm a, I'm a Christian, and um, it's a controversial one among Christians, um, as you probably well know, um, the whole meditation thing. Yeah. Um, so I want to talk to you about um, your book and how, well, first of all, how you became a Christian and why Christianity? Well, I, I grew up in the Presbyterian church. Um, and, um, you know, first of all, I had a, a parents who were, you know, wonderful faith people. And my mom actually went to one of those early Billy Graham rallies, you know, mm. way back in the 40 in the 40s late 40s and wow. this is southern california um but my father had this wonderful fake he would say grace every night at dinner uh and um that was a really wonderful way to sort of learn prayer practice because he would put everything into his graces the uh we said so a friend came for dinner one night and called it the six o'clock news because not only we we hear dad pray for whatever he heard on the on the radio as he was driving home, you know, please pray for our president, please please pray for our troops, uh, but but he would also pray for us, you know, please play for Rick and his piano recital that's coming up, and uh, so so having that sense of that that we could speak openly about anything to God, and and I remember I think it was ninth grade or something, and I had to lead a, a there was the youth service and somebody said well why don't you lead the prayer rick and i did and i got up there and i said hi god <laughs> and back in the day oh, oh. but <laughs> you know i felt that close what a gift to be able to get that from mm-hmm. from those parents yeah yeah and that no that is amazing as well because so so often i think when people hear praying they think of and they full of grace and you know they don't think about what they're saying and they're reciting it and um i think that is like the origin like even um the our father powerful prayer um but when you take it in context he was you know talking about the current day and what he was going through and it's a great prayer to say but still i, I tell my son you know when you're praying you know be appreciative you know you can ask for things also but be appreciative of this is what i do every night i'm I first have my own words. I don't just recite three or four prayers that I heard in church. It's yeah. thank you for this day. I appreciate my my youth, my health, my family's health. You know, um, please let tomorrow be stress free <laughs> if possible. You know, this kind of thing. Yeah, well, you know, and I think um, that's great that you had that from earlier on. You know, you could see your your father saying that. You know, our our household didn't really uh, practice um any kind of faith um so it's amazing that you had an insight in that from from the get-go yeah and we also when you think about when jesus is praying how he uses abba the mm. aramaic which is which is very personal you mm. know it's not the formal language it's the 
the vernacular. It's yes. not Hebrew. Um, and, and I think, you know, that, that that's sort of one of the, those models we have here. The, um, but then, you know, this, this other th- part of my prayer life, I mean, and it's built on that, that foundation of what, you, you know, you, as you said, controversial uh, meditation. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, um, what, what I have seen is that there's this huge um, historical background in the faith of, and, and sometimes a better word for it might be contemplative prayer. Um, sort of digging deeper, but uh, are, are you familiar with a Lectio Divina? No. Oh, that's interesting. It, this goes back to the, the 12th century. Um, and it's the idea you, you take a passage of scripture and then you, uh, uh, you read it, you meditate, which is sort of a discursive thing, meditate, you know, what does this mean? This, what does it mean for me? Then you go into prayer, you, you pray it. And then the last step is, is, is contemplatio, contemplation, which is you're giving yourself over to the biggest things there and, and, it, and it's sort of closing out the noise in your head to open you up to, to what God might be saying to you. Yeah, and is that, that's the, the origin of the Latin word for meditation, isn't it? It's um, to pray, to study. Um, it's along them lines, isn't it? Yeah, that, that lines. And so really what, what has happened for us now is that the word meditation, you know, usually means, you know, the, the Zen Buddhist idea of meditation. What in older, you know, traditional language, contemplation is probably the closer to that idea. Um, uh, you know, the words of the mouth and the, the meditations of my heart, you know, that, that, that line of the Psalms, that's, yeah. that's more that, that sort of, you know, I'm thinking about the words. But there is this other step, which is to sort of finally hold that thought and the, the, hold it in your heart and, and connect to God sort of on, on, a, on an open level. Mm-hmm. Well, can you tell me a bit about the origins of meditation through Christianity? Because oftentimes I've read, you know, in the New Testament, you know, Jesus reclused to the mountains by himself in silence. And, you know, he, he went and had this solitude where no one was around. And I also found it interesting because it's, it's quite different to our typical prayer. You know, if people go to church on a Sunday, they're kneel, they stand up and this, that and the other, and not, not putting in the church. But I often wondered, you know, meditation, I know a lot of people believe meditation in new age, and there is obviously a different origin there with the, the Buddhist Hindu kind of side of things, which is maybe a different, and we can talk about that in a minute. But the origins of meditation in Christianity, that's how they prayed back in them days, wasn't it? Well, and also when you think about their world, it was a much quieter world. You know, uh, um, I also, I'm, I'm also, you know, constantly reminded, I mean, you know, when we read the Bible, but for centuries, you didn't read the Bible, you listened to the Bible. How did you get scripture? You heard it. And, you know, uh, and, and the Psalms, they were sung. So, so. So in that world, there's this, this heritage of, of words coming to us with silence, 
the um yeah i love what you're saying exactly about you know jesus went off by himself to pray and i always think well gosh you know he's god's son he could talk to god anywhere but he had that need in himself in a busy you know people crowding around him to get by himself and and that's a model for us too i mean we got phones <laughs> we don't have to have people we've got phones crowding around us so so can we not model ourselves on on Jesus and step away? Maybe give up the phone for half an hour, put it aside. And you you um you talk about that in some of the chapters of your book, don't you? Near the end, um, of you know, put the phone away for half an hour, and it's harder than not that it's harder, but it's constantly on the go. It's always lighting up. People are lost without it. I'm not, I'm not just saying people because I, I'm as bad, you know, a lot of the times. I'm, my emails are on my phone. I'm running around. I'm always watching it. If you go down the end of the garden without your phone, you feel like, well, what if someone rang, you know? And, and I remember when being a kid and it was only the windy phone, you know, in the front door and that was it. And people got by. People were fine. You know, <laughs> you know, people visited each other more. There was more of a community element to things because now it's good enough just to, text someone and that's communication where people used to go yeah. and but you know what what do you think happened that changed the church from this meditation to the kneel and pray why has it evolved to such a, a stricter regimen you know i think part of it is just a reflection of our own busyness you know uh, okay, I think I can manage an hour on Sundays. So I'm going to be there. And, and I think there's this, you know, dynamism of teachers, ministers, pastors. Okay, we've got to, we, we got to give you everything we can in that hour. Or, you know, okay, I could go to a Bible study, but it's, it's, it's not going to be very long. Okay, so we end up talking a lot. And, and I think it's, it's that sense of, of, of the time pressure. Uh, I don't want to dispute, you know, the, the value of that. But let's not lose what is also part of our heritage, which is, you know, doing silence in community. I mean, think about, you know, the monks, our beloved, you know, monks, or the nuns in, in, you know, in the Middle Ages. Uh, I, I really feel like, you know, we can save the world that way. It's going to sound insane, but the, but by just and and here's sort of the metaphor I have in my head for it. When when I was a little kid, and my mom would say to me, "Listen to me. You gotta listen to me. Get quiet to listen to me." So you know, how can I actually listen to God without? getting quiet and that's interesting because a lot of people i think you know there's a fall off from church and there's a fall off from faith even and i think people are just so consumed by their busy lives to stop and think and what much about it you know you know you drive down the road and it's that road you have to get to work you have to get there and there's a bigger picture surrounding you the globe you're healthy you're, everything's working in sync around you your environment and we don't take time to think about the bigger picture really we're just tunnel visioned and you get home and it's the phone it's the laptop it's you know it's something it's always something and we're gone that way that we 
we can't be bored. We can't tolerate sitting down for a minute or two without grabbing the phone or without looking this up or without turning the TV on. We can't sit in that silence. And I want to tell you a bit of my journey of why I, I was interested in speaking to you today, because I became a Christian about five years ago. Um, I had, I had, well, I would say I had an experience, um, like everyone might say, um, that really put me in a position where I had to say, like this, I can't deny that experience. So I need to dig into this because I wasn't going to dispute it. And I went to Israel. I went on my book. I sat where they said this happened and I got rebaptized in the River Jordan. I did the whole lot and I built and built as it went along. I, last year in work, I, I changed my job recently. Last year in work, I got very stressed out, you know, and I went to a herbalist and he said to me, there's this body talking. He said to me, you need to take time to download a mindfulness app or, you know, take time to sit in a quiet room for 15 minutes and just relax with your thoughts. And I did that. And I, all I did was sit up straight and be quiet for a little while. And I felt a bit better. And I said, but this is against my religion, is it not? So I was confused. I was kind of like looking up, researching this. So people were saying, yeah, but yoga is against your religion. And there's a, there's a type of meditation that's against your religion. But there's a type of meditation. This is, this is the quote I came up against by Richard Foster. Eastern meditation is attempt to empty the mind. And Christian meditation is attempt to fill the mind and meditate on God's words. Yeah. So I said, that's interesting. So because I, I couldn't figure why something that felt right and healthy would be wrong, would be bad, if you know what I mean. You know, it was I was wrecked tired. I was stressed out. My cortisol levels were all through the roof. 15, 20 minutes of sitting in silence really helped me. It was like getting an hour of sleep. Um, and I went back fresher. So um, so that that interested me. And I wanted to see get in contact with people but i also i want to put this to you i i I had a guest on last year who had a near-death experience and he's quite a famous guest um he's on the oprah winfrey show he's been he's done a good few wrote a good few books he was a atheist neurologist who then fell very ill into a coma and had this near-death experience and came back and said there's definitely more to this you know so he spoke to me but he also said to me there's this app called sacred acoustics listen to it and it's a frequency vibration but i had a bad experience from that and i was i looked up earlier on today listen to frequencies christians is it okay to listen to frequencies and a lot of comments in the youtube were saying that they had bad experiences also almost like spiritual attacks so my question to you do you feel as though there's certain vibrations that there's a certain line you must walk when you do this meditation to avoid um, the negative spiritual energy. The, um, well, you know, God loves us and God's always there reaching out for us. Um, the, uh, you know, the, 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 the noise is a problem and you found something to address that. But, uh, you know, the, the idea of emptiness, I, 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 I hear what you're saying, but there's also, here's something in, uh, uh, well, the, the title of my book, you know, even, even it's a, it's a line from one of the Psalms to you, Lord, 
even silence his praise. And somebody goes, well, why would silence be praise? Um, to me, it's, it's that reaction. Uh, uh, okay, when somebody loves something, they clap, they make a loud noise. But if something really hits you, there's this silence that enters you. Or, or think of your, your, your best friend. You know, that's the person that you can feel so comfortable with. You can be silent. So, so that's the kind of silence we're talking about. It's not the silence of absence. And maybe that would be better. It's a silence of presence mm -hmm. and, and feeling that presence. Um, and, and also, you know, the, so often people in our prayer life, you, you say, oh, the distractions, you know. Well, distractions are, can be helpful because you can hear that distraction and it's a chance to pray about it. Mm -hmm. the, uh, uh, oh, oh, gosh, I need to forgive that person. Or, uh, gosh, I, I, I need to rethink that's, that, that thing I said. And, and um, uh, uh, here's another um, one of our, you know, our ancestors in faith. I don't know if you've ever heard of uh, the author of The Cloud of Unknowing or a book called The Cloud of Unknowing. English, uh, 14th century, uh, Middle English. Um, the author, probably a monk. Um, but uh, uh, one of the methods that, that, that he, he gives, I, I love this, and I put it in the book, is, uh, is to use a one-syllable word, just a one-syllable word in your prayer life. Uh, God, peace. Love. And then the, the surprising one, he says, is sin. Hmm. And, and you go, well, why would I want to, you know, why would I meditate on sin? But that can open you up to some of those things you need to let go because they're getting in the way of that connection you're trying to make. Hmm. I don't know if that's helpful, but does, does that does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Um, and I know focusing on you know, more akin to in your silence, God specifically, because I know, I know, um, there, like I was saying, the Hindu and Buddhist ways might say, you're the universe, you're God, be part of this, you know, and, and that's what I think, what I was trying to avoid or what people, you know, I, I do think there's a, it, there is separation there though, isn't there, isn't there, there's, there's a new age meditation that I'm trying to get at. And isn't there, there's a Christian roots origin meditation. I think the Catholic church yeah. have said, I'm just saying yeah. the Catholic church because that's well, I'm from Ireland, <laughs> but um, they have been kind of pushing against that uh, meditation, which I found strange because it looked to me, I always go back to the book, to the word for my guidance, because there's a lot of additions and things like that, that I'm, I haven't found, you know, that churches have adopted, but so I can see Jesus going up into the mountains here going across the river, disappearing by himself and, you know, and praying this, even in the garden of Gethsemane, or, or, you know, we're told he did this, you know, um, right to the end. So I'm thinking this is working. This is making me feel better. I can, uh, you know, I'm in my space. It's making me more appreciative. And like you said, it's clear in the head. It's, it's ca catching up on your thoughts almost as well as meditation. Um, but I, I am also mindful 
that there are some negative meditation methods. Am I right in saying that? Or am I wrong? The um, uh, you know, I, I, I'm all, I really speaking mostly from personal experience, so uh, uh, I can't uh, I can't find the negatives. I you know, uh, um, because if you're a person of faith, when you get silent, you cannot help but be present with God because who else is there? Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it's God's presence. So, so, you know, you hear something, uh, you know, there's these different apps. I, I, I don't like to use those meditation apps because it's too much noise. And, and, um, uh, but, but the, uh, you know, that, that, um, my soul waits for thee in silence, you know, I, the, that, that language of the Psalms, you know, we we can can use it to then listen to ourselves and then also to God. I, I, I just, you know, um, I I don't want to be critical of of someone else, and I would I'd love to see how this what you found can also connect because your faith seems so deep and vital man friend it's just it's so present in you it's really thrilling Um, appreciate that (laughs) no that's that's great and 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 it's it's inspired you to do the exactly this which Mm -hmm. is is a gift to to so many people um so so i guess what i would say is my calling is to say okay you're going to hear the podcast and then I, my, my feeling about prayer is to have a time every day and a place, not just a time, but a place to, mm-hmm. uh, because the place will remind you, oh, yeah, this is my time with God. This, this, yeah, uh, it'll, you know, those outside stimuli will internally, you know, stimulate you. Mm. It's probably, you know, it'd be great to set aside you know i'm at the moving into the new house and I'm trying to find that room of silence you know that corner where you can do that and i've three young kids so it can be difficult sometimes but um i even just barely found this room to speak to you today you know i still have to work on that <laughs> but um i resonate what you're saying i do because when you say that who else is there you know you instantly connect almost because um i do a bit of running a bit of cycling but lately the kind of trails and mountain biking I've been really enjoying. And part of it is that nature. Um, it's that, you know, when I became more Christian, I, um, you know, the colors of these leaves came alive a lot more, you know, and my appreciation. And, you know, I often stop off the bike and I say, wow, that's amazing. You know, I have to give thanks for that, you know, because they often say, you know, protect us today because mountain biking can be dangerous. I say that, please protect us. Please keep us safe. And then you stop sometimes and go, that's amazing. I appreciate being here. And Ireland's lovely for that kind of thing. You know, I know lots of other parts of the world are, but you know, it has a lot of scenic routes and, you know, there's places you can go that are very recluse, but I get what you're saying that you're instantly there with God because who else is there? Um, and, and, I, and I do get that. Um, but I wanted to ask you a bit about something that I seen crop up. Um, you, in the past years have had maybe an intense, maybe I'm wrong saying this, but an intense fear of death. Would I be right in saying 
Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. I wanted to just ask where that came from and um, um, what did you learn from it at all? Well, I think um, there's, uh, uh, there's the fear. And mm. remember, fear not is one of the most frequently used phrases in, in the Bible, in Scripture, fear not. Uh, I often hold that in my, in my head. Said, fear not, just believe, you know, there it is, just believe. Um, but I also, there's a gift to it, what I found is to be reminded of our mortality. You know, we're not here forever, you know, and mortality in our faith. How can we, how can we, you know, there's a whole other part of life that we're not going to be able to get here on earth, you know? So, so the gift of mortality. So, so those reminders of death are, can be, lovely gifts of, of, of our sense of mortality and, and what we can do with our lives. I love that line, uh, uh, John Wooden, he's a basketball coach from UCLA back in the day, uh, make each day your masterpiece. Mm. Make each day your masterpiece. Think, I think of what you're doing, like when a mountain bike and you stop and you look at the tree and you're seeing it. You've gone by that tree zillions of times, but you're suddenly seeing it for all the magnificence that's there. That, you know, not for nothing did, you know, Jesus say, you know, consider the birds of the air and the lilies of the field, you know. Uh, we witness the magnificence. It connects you to the creator. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I just you saying that my uh, my uncle would be happy that you mentioned that first. He's always talking about that first to me, and lately, um, but uh, that's interesting. But um, yeah, no, I think it's it is true, and um, you know, I wanted to see though. Sorry, can you hear me? It's a bit choppy there. It must be my side of things. Yeah, you can hear me great. Um, yeah, I'm I did. Fine. Yeah, I did. Um, I know. I I do. I do want to go down this way. You know, I think you learn stuff as you go. And I've been growing in my faith. And I think, um, you know, I haven't been to church in a while. And um, I still I still do want to fix that. Because even though um, my issue was with, say, it's all Catholic church around me. And I had an issue with the institution. And that's why I went back to the word. And I said, like I said, I had this experience. It's not unlike meditation or you know um a spiritual experience and it made me think you know really i i called on jesus in the time of despair and he showed up and by using his name and i think there was a lot of bad energy around me and it was kind of spiritually attacking me i felt and i I felt like that it was gone and it happened again like that it was gone and then i was being drawn places i remember was one day being drawn to a church and this church, something about it came on the radio. Someone stopped me when I got out of my car, asking where it was. I went up to the to my to cook some food in the kitchen, turned on my phone to look up the church, and there was a live feed. And the priest was saying, "If anyone's listening, in, come on down." There's just so many things pulling me in the front door. There's people spilled outside it. Someone took me by the shoulder and said, "There's one seat left for you, son." And he walked me into an overflowing church, and there was one seat there. And um, I gained so much from that one night, you know, it led me on a whole different direction, probably this direction. Um, and I couldn't deny these things pulling me out. And I think that's, 
that's the same kind of principles we're talking about that stopping to listen because there's a guiding voice there you know if you don't listen if you're too preoccupied with work and entertainment or distractions you don't see that other side to life you know i think you can go about your job and it's it's expedient to get pays the bills but i think we're called for a second job of getting the word out there or doing something meaningful and this is my attempt to do it by speaking to you tonight this is my version of it this this week you know um and i think that's that's something that's undeniable but it's so it's not something you can turn and say to someone but this is this is evidence of faith, you know, and how this has happened. It's it's you know it's circumstantial, it's personal, you know. And I think, but I think if anyone stops and takes that time to ask, like I did, you don't ever hear people saying, "Well, I sat there and asked, and nothing happened." I have never heard of someone saying that. I just heard of people saying, "Nonsense, don't want to talk about it," and that's interesting. Like, have you come across much? Um, defense or aggravation towards what you do within your own friends or family circle? Uh, um, maybe uh, it's so funny to have written a book called Silence is Praise. Mm. Uh, maybe silence is I don't want to hear about it. <laughs> uh, uh, but the, um, you know, uh, what you've experienced is the spirit, it sounds like, and you've yeah. responded to the spirit and you've made yourself open to it. So I can only say what I say and, and, and trust and, and listen to the feedback I get, like you're giving me now, which is helpful. Um, but, the, uh, you know, wherever two or more are gathered, mm-hmm. I am there with you. And here... Uh, you know, I don't know if Jesus meant cyberspace, but I think, you know, I think it works. Um, you know, the need for Christian community is is really important. I mean, Jesus didn't do it all by himself. He surrounded himself with disciples and gave them, you know, the commission to go on and do this. Uh, he didn't leave a book behind. He didn't leave, you know, a building behind. He left people and and I think that's how we continue to to live out our faith through the goodness and the knowledge and the wisdom that people give us, especially when, like you, they're following the spirit. You know, not just listening to it, but following it. Okay, I I, I will go there. I, I I will make that call. I will listen to that podcast. I will turn off my phone for a while. I will sit and pray every morning. Um, do you feel do you feel as though I know you're saying you came from um, a faith a faithful home um, and sure that gave you the basis to to continue that on but you hear of a lot of people who don't continue that on and who are sick of it you know when they come out of that type of home do you feel as though there was also the guiding spirit there that brought you down this road to write this book like um, like you know what when you left home and you went to college or the, the work, like what was there something pulling you back to do this? Cause I know you wrote for the magazine. That, the you know, there's that wonderful thing, you know, you Sorry. guideposts. Yeah. The, guideposts. Um, you know, there's that, uh, the, uh, that, that phrase, you know, that, that Jesus says, you know, uh, you know, he, the one who doesn't hate his mother, brother, sisters, wife, children, 
and even hate his own life cannot follow me. And, you know, we hear that and go, what, what is he saying? You know, <laughs> uh, there you are with your three kids. But I think what that is, is that's letting that go. And for, I think in your faith journey, you receive, you know, messages of faith, but then you have to find something that's your own. That's not exactly just parroting somebody else's, you know, doctrine, you, you know, God gives us this chance to then claim our own. So this, this, you know, leaving mother, leaving my father behind, leaving, you know, family behind. I, I don't think it's necessarily about physically leaving them as much as psychologically letting those, you know, those things go so that you can be mature in your faith and have your own faith, not just something that somebody told you, but something that you own. And, and that's what you've discovered, my friend. Yeah, and I think that's interesting because, you know, that particular verse of the Bible, you know, where you leave your home, I think that's akin to adolescence. You know, you usually have, when you're living under your parents, you know, they tell you what to do. They're guiding you. All of a sudden you're out in the world. What guides you? And I think that's when you you need to, to find what's going to guide you and what's going to make you become the man or woman you're going to be. Um, yeah. What do you live for? And I'm, th- I'm thinking now of our current environments, mm. even silences prayer. Did you, did you release this book particularly, you know, have you timed this? Uh, do you think this is going to be particularly helpful in this time of fear where people feel a bit, because I know fear can be immune suppressive. It can, it can get right to your core. Did you, time it this way and you think it's going to have particularly good benefits for releasing now uh i didn't time it if it was timed it was it was god who timed it that you know um you know i believe as, as a writer and editor you you write what you feel called to write the rest is is you know outside of our control um you know, I mean, the last two years of dealing with the pandemic and all the fears, you know, accompanying that, most of this book I wrote before then. So, yeah. uh, um, you know, so, so I think it's, it's yeah. Um, you know, I, I, what I just trust is that I'm called to do this and I'm, you know, have the pleasure of, of being called to, to communicate with you. But, but uh, I'm that, strategic my friend mm-hmm. yeah no i do think that things are timed perfectly sometimes aren't they i often talk about it on the podcast you know sometimes you look back at things and say well that couldn't have happened at a perfect a more perfect time even if at the time it felt like this has taken ages to happen but when it lands it lands right if it's something meaningful i'm not talking about when the ball bounces yeah. the right way or anything you know i'm talking about you know like likes to drop in a book that's influential at a time when people need it um yeah and i think you know you your book also talks a bit about kind of a therapeutic side to meditation like forgiveness and acceptance um how how would one go about that do you have techniques where you know i'm trying to think of you know this one thing when people think of meditation think of sitting upright in silence by themselves why is it important to, to grow in the areas of forgiveness and acceptance? Uh, those are the hardest areas to grow in, you know, it's like, uh, um, and yet those are the most valuable. Uh, 
you know, we're called to be loving people. Remember, Jesus said, love your enemies. Wow. How do I do that? Um, but I don't think it's anything I can do on my own. I really need God's help to do it. The, um, to be compassionate, to be understanding, that, that takes some, some guidance um, and support, you know. So, so often, uh, you know, when we have fear, for instance, you know, you know, the Bible makes it clear. The opposite of fear isn't courage, being strong. The opposite of fear is love. Perfect love casts out fear. So connecting to that is, a, is, is the healing method, um, uh, you know, and, and how it happens. Oh, it's a mystery to me. But the work of just sitting in God's presence is the work that I have to do. Yeah, because that can be difficult, you know, forgiveness um, and acceptance, even of yourself, you know. Um, but I definitely think people don't work on it enough, you know. Um, and I, I do remember, you know, I was listening to a guided meditation before and it was kind of, like you said, talked a lot, spoke a lot, and I was trying to get used to it. You know, it's trying to, it's harder to relax, I think. Um, but it was talking about um, some term, Sonosha, or I'm not sure it was accepting, trying to accept yourself for, for who you are, you know, and not be always uncontent, you know, uh, try to be content with where you are, because I think we're always trying to get ahead of life. You know, you want to get to, in a couple of months that'll free up and you know you always think about this period that's not going to be busy you know get lots of stuff done and i can't wait to get there and just the same thing i did with the prayer just trying to be appreciative of every day not burning the daylight to the weekend and i, I think maybe meditation helps with that doesn't it? it helps ground you again um i would ask you yeah. is there any would there be any foods or herbal teas or any kind of thing that you help that would that you find clears you, your, you mentally before you pray? Do you have any particular preparation yourself? No, I, I do it all on an empty stomach. Uh, <laughs> but, but, you know, the, uh, it's so funny that how churches always have coffee hour. I was thinking, well, maybe coffee is the influence, the bread and the wine for a reason to connect to, to, to that. Um, uh, but yeah, what you're talking about loving yourself, you know, remember it's love your neighbor as yourself, you know, that as yourself, don't lose that. We love our neighbor as ourselves. We have to love ourselves uh, to be able to love our neighbors. Um, so, uh, uh, you know, uh, writing down, writing sometimes can help, you know, just, uh, you know, all those things we're grateful for. I mean, when I've been sort of agitated, I take out a notebook and, and write down things I'm thankful for. Thankful, thankful, be thankful in, in all things, as, as Paul says. So, so uh, do I have a recipe? I love the idea that, that would be, um, no, but if there is something that you do every day and you connect that, that hot cup of coffee or that hot cup of tea is, is also there in my prayer time it will it will help you you know just you know that, that that physical reminder to be the emotional reminder and it, it, getting kind of technical about it, it are you doing this once a day are you doing it for 10 minutes are you are you um you know if someone was to start from 
you know, just start from scratch. You know, they want to just find a place uh, and they want to know how often do I do it? When do I do it? You know, how many times a day for how long do I meditate on a passage of scripture? Do I sit in silence and see what props up in my subconscious and my conscious mind? I it's two things I would say. Uh, the most important thing is doing it every day. So mm-hmm. if, if you all you have is 10 minutes a day, great. But make sure it's happening day after day because we grow. We grow in this. And it's by doing it's like you're mountain biking. You're getting better, you know, the, uh, until you get my age. And then <laughs> but, but, but so, so it's, it's doing the everyday thing. And then, you know, yeah, a, a, a small verse of scripture, if that, you know, will help you using that, um, uh, maybe an image to hold in your head, maybe like uh, the the author of uh, Unknowing said, peace, love, sin, Christ, you know, just holding those words. Um, each day, sometimes I it's a different thing that I need to, to use, but I always have sort of my Bible close by me as I'm sitting on my sofa so I can go right from the beginning. Ah, here's a passage. I'll use that. And then that's my entry. You know, prayer and meditation, you know, they're very similar things. It is, you know, it's, it's it bringing you to, bringing you to a silence kind of state, um, a spiritual state. It, and in saying that, is there anything that we do that people do on a daily basis that breaks our link to that spiritual state? Um, like I know particularly if I don't, if I don't pray or if I don't actively work on what I should be following, if I don't actively follow the spirit, like, like we were saying, I feel that separation from, from Christ, you know, that personal separation. Um, And I know it's there and things don't go as well as I hope they go. And I sometimes have to refocus and reconnect. Um, Is there things that you found or go against that spiritual link from meditation that we do on a daily basis? The, um, well, you know, I often say, we we talk about, you know, the distractions, the, uh, um, I think we're meant to, you know, sometimes I will sit there and I thought, Oh, geez, I've you know, been half an hour and all, I've just been worried about money. I've been worried about, you know, all those things. And then I go, wait, but I did this in the presence of God. I did, you know, I did all that worrying. And then, you know, it's, it's sort of you catch and release. I released it to God. So that sets me up for the rest of the day. Um, so don't be too self-critical. It's, it's you know, uh, uh you have days where it's, oh, you check into a mystical thing. Ah, that's not what's really important. It's just being present. It's just being mm-hmm. present. I, I spoke to, I'm not sure if you know this person, um, Jay Warner Wallace, Detective Jay Warner Wallace, who wrote, mm-hmm. um, um, he was my last guest on the podcast. And he was the homicide detective who investigated the Gospels like um, mm-hmm. nobody. He homicides. You probably heard of him. Have you um but anyway, he, he said to me, I asked him, we're talking about the youth leaving the church and the issues, and we're trying to get down to why it was happening. Um, and I said, does the church need to evolve to, you know, this monotone, you know, this the word of God, close it, move, sound up, sit down. And, you know, 
I know people find that boring. You know, younger people do find it boring, especially here in Ireland. There's no conversation. There's no interaction with who's sitting there. I said, does it need to be more relatable? Does they, Do they need to change things? And he said, they don't need to change things. They don't need to evolve. They need to return to something ancient. And he was touching on also this, you know, ancient church that Christ had built before the Romans took it over. You know, this um, scrolls and, um, you know, meditation and family and connectivity. And there is churches popping up that are much like that. They read a, a Bible verse and they say, um, yes, you know, how does this, this relates to your life in this way, you know, and they talk about how Moses and they, they relate it and people get it and they're much more involved. Jordan Peterson does this also, you know, where his biblical lectures, he says, how does that relate in your life, you know? And I'm wondering, like, the problem is the church, the mainstream churches don't do that. Do, what would it take to get them to take on what you're preaching here? You know, the, um, the meditation way of praying, you know, how is it too much of a task to convince them that, you know, people will get a great benefit from this. I know they're probably touching on it and, you know, there is moments of silence in church, probably not enough of them. I think you're, you're more nervous of knowing when to kneel down when the time comes and sit down instead of stand up and, you know, you know, respond the right line of response when the, when they close this chapter. And um, is it too big a task to do? Because I can see a massive benefit if they took on some of that meditation. Yeah. I would say, trust, trust your heritage, trust what's there in the scriptures Trust the the traditions that have go back to out, you know, a couple thousand years. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and then those of us who are doing it can only end up in our prayer life bringing more to our, our practice. I mean, you change the world one time, one person at a time, not, you know, not through, ah, you know. So we are those one people at a time, you and me, and God only knows who else. Yeah, sometimes it feels like you're, um, I guess, the analogy of picking the cross up and stepping forward uphill. You know, it, it is a, it's a tough road, and I think Christ alludes to that. You know, you're not going to have it easy as a Christian. You know, um, but you know, very true as well is you know when the world hates you, know that it hated me first. You know, and I think you know you need to meditate on verses like that. There's some one thing I really noticed when I uh, opened. I asked my nana, very religious woman. She's passed now. Um, when I had my conversion experience, I rang her up and I said, I need to get a couple of things, a Bible, and I want to get, for some reason, this stuck out in my head. You know that portrait of Jesus, I trust in you? You know that um, that all kind of, you know, it's an iconic one, and you hang it in your home. And she said, will you let me get these two things for you? And I said, of course, you know. And so she gave me a New Testament and she gave me that picture and it's the first first picture I, I hung up when I moved into my new house um, and when I read it I was blown away by these one-liners by Christ you know like this guy is super intelligent this is a, like that's such a statement you know even that statement where you said a minute ago you know uh, where two people are gathered you know when you think about that and my son often goes to bed and he's afraid of the dark and we say a prayer mm-hmm. together. And I say it to him, you know, where two people are gathered, I am there. When you think about, you know, how 
literal that might be. You know, if you feel that connection, you know, it's, it's a stunning thing to say. And I know he said lots of amazing verses in there. Um, but more to my point, where was my point? Sorry, I'm a bit... <laughs> My, young, my little girl is waking up at all hours these last few days. <laughs> I'm losing my track. Yeah. But um, no, 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 what I what I'm hearing uh, and as I'm playing my my I'm remembering my father, you know, uh, yeah. listening to my prayers and kissing me in bed tonight. So uh, think of the gift that you're giving because your your kids, when they grow up, are going to remember no matter where their journey takes them at heart they're going to remember how dad did that at night so that's a blessing um i'm hearing my 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 lunch uh, uh in the other room so uh, uh, yeah <laughs> look, my friend but it's rick I, I really appreciate you taking the time to speak to me i'm looking forward to your book release even science is praise and i wish you well and hope maybe we'll get to speak again in the future sure god bless thank you so much my friend thank you rick talk to you again Thank you.